Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. We have a really exciting uh, interview today with John Cop Copolas. Uh, we'll be talking about how to flip the traditional lender model uh, for appraisers and get into private lending work and also the importance of social media when doing that. How? thanks for joining us today. Jim, I am tickled to be here as always, and it's very good to see your face. Um, you know, how was your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. Good. Let's, let's bring in John and have him join us. John, thank you for joining us. What's happening, fellas? It's good to see you guys, and it's good to be on. I appreciate very, you inviting me on. Very good to see you, John. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited about this topic today because I think it's one of the most important topics for real estate appraisers. Um, you know, a lot of us spend a lot of time doing nothing but lender work, um, myself included. And when I started branching out into non-lender work, I realized, number one, um, the clients really wanted to know what my opinion was. Number two, the fees were better. And number three, I was treated better. Um, and there are a lot of appraisers out there kind of curious, nervous, maybe even a little bit afraid of trying to break out of the mold of lender work and AMC work. Um, so before we get into that actual topic, I would love it if you would tell me a little bit about your history in the business. Sure, Jim. So I've been appraising for over 35 years. It's uh, the first and only job I got right out of college. I was actually working at a temporary agency during my college career and, uh, Christmas breaks and summer breaks, I worked for a temp agency and they sent me all over the place. And, and one time they sent me to an appraisal department at a bank. And I worked there with a couple of guys and, and I really enjoyed what they did. I saw the flexibility that they had. And sure enough, I graduated and they gave me a call and said, we're starting up a appraisal department. We'd, we'd like to hire you as a staff appraiser. Came on board, that was 1986. Uh, so I worked with them for about 10 or 15 years learned all the ins and outs about what underwriters are looking for, what loan reps are doing, this and that. We all worked kind of together. And, um, and then I went out on my own and uh, took that client, uh, was my major client at the time, and just through my different uh, people that I met over the years, different loan reps, just traveled to other banks and, and started to get conventional bank work that way. Okay. Did that most of my career for your, um, you know, lender work was probably 90% of my business for 25 years. And then I started to branch out a little bit and started talking to agents offices. Uh, you know, they would invite me into the office to, to talk about the appraisal process. I enjoyed it. I was nervous about it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not a public speaker or I wasn't a public speaker at the time. And certainly nerves take over and you got to concern, concern yourself with what you're going to be saying and is it going to be important. But you know what, what happened over the past couple of years, I realized that, you know, every pretty much every question that's ever been asked an appraiser, I've been asked over these 35 years and I have I have the answers. I don't need to be concerned about it. So when I walk into a uh, um, real estate office now, it's just, hey, let's shoot the breeze. Let's let's act as if we're at a restaurant or at a bar and you're just talking to a good friend of your good friend of yours who's an appraiser and you have some questions about the process. And all of a sudden the agents loosen up and they just start throwing out every question. I'm able to come back 
to them with my answers and it's 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 working very well uh, i love so, it i love you know, it that's that's my 35 years in a nutshell you know i had i had a, a a shop with uh probably about five or six guys that handled the new york area the lower new york area with me that went very well in the you know the early 2000s we were we were kicking some butt and then things changed a little bit uh after 2008 and we had to reconfigure the way we did business um you know i was a rainmaker for a number of years just bringing in the business but uh you know today i'm a grunt you know i'm looking at eight to twelve uh houses a week uh wow. real estate offices trying to trying to get their business and i would say the private work is probably somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of my business now okay which, which is really nice and i agree with you 100 it's uh it's so much nicer not having the revisions that you have with the banks and not having to to sit to at their time constraints to have reports back that type of thing there are so many positives uh to to the private work i love it i love it well john let's do a real quick shout out to one of our sponsors and we'll come right back after the commercial break since 1978 lia administrators and insurance services has been offering e o insurance to valuation professionals LIA applies superior customer service, exceptional liability education from Peter Christensen, and unparalleled claim defense managed by Claudia Gaglioni. LIA offers errors and omissions, commercial bonds, general liability, cyber liability, and real estate agents and brokers E&O. Visit liability.com or call 800-334-0652. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Hal Humphreys. You're listening to the Appraisal Buzz. I've got John Kopolis on with me today. We're talking about non-lender work. John is a boots-on-the-ground appraiser. As he said in the last segment, he's a grunt. Um, and quite honestly, most of us in this world that are appraisers are grunts. We're out there looking at houses, measuring houses, shoving our shoulder between holly bush and brick to get that measurement. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time, especially over the past couple of years, um, doing, you know, high volume AMC and lender work because it's available. But you talked about 2008, uh, which was devastating for some people um, and scary for pretty much everybody in the appraisal business. Um, volume went way down we're sitting here looking at volume has just gone way down i think it's kind of coming back up a little bit for most folks around the country but it's still down for some how did you go about approaching and soliciting non-lender work i think that's the hardest thing for a lot of appraisers that are used to working for lenders and amcs is actually marketing themselves so how did you go about approaching and soliciting business from non-lenders so, you know, in, you know, in the beginning when, you know, uh, like I mentioned, I was just doing the appraisal work and soliciting and hanging out and golfing and taking out to dinner different clients. And that was pre 2008. But since then, I realized that I had to market myself in a, in a different way. And, you know, you see the world's biggest business card behind me. You know, I take, I take that to offices when I speak and I, I also give them these flyers. So that they have all my information there's, there's there's never no way for them to get in touch with me 
you see the QR code behind me. So they take a picture of that and they, they have me in their cell phones forever now. So um, I think, Jim, you know, to, to answer your question, you know, I took the opportunity when I was out on inspections with realtors to talk with them, discuss life, let them get to know me, let them see that I'm a good guy, let them see that I'm there to help. I would let them know if they ever need my help on private appraisals, this and that. And then all of a sudden, you you know, you start to meet a, a bunch of realtors and they start talking to each other. Your name gets out there and all of a sudden you're invited to talk at this office. And then, you know, we heard you talk that Coldwell Banker, you did a great job for them. We'd like to see you here at Keller Williams. And then Keller Williams in Yorktown Heights says, listen, I heard you were great in Scarsdale. Come to see us. And all of a sudden you just start to do the circuit a little bit. And that's what happened to me. Um, I just was out there putting myself out there, not worrying about what people thought, not worrying about if I had the perfect answer for the the uh, agents. And I realized, or, you know, I believed that agents were a huge uh, opportunity just waiting there for us. Now, that's one, you know, that's one of the things, that's one of the things that, 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 that I, I, I notice a lot of times um, some agents think of appraisers as the enemy and some appraisers think of agents as they're always trying to steer us, always trying to you know show us, tell us what comps to use and that kind of stuff. I have found that when I'm dealing with, 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 with realtors, if they come to me with information that's valuable information, I'm appreciative. I love that. Um, and the, the willingness to talk to them and take their input, consider it if it's useful that's great. If it's not, you've considered it and you move on. But I think they, they are shocked sometimes when the appraiser is kind and respectful and a little bit deferential towards them. Uh, Jim, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about it. You know, we haven't gotten into it yet, but I've gotten pretty deep into social media and it's so discouraging to see how Appraisers talk about real estate agents. They don't want anything to do with the realtor. There are appraisers that don't want the realtor at the appointment. I just don't understand. I understand it's different strokes for different folks, but I just don't get it, especially when we're at a time like this. So, yeah, man, I um, the agents are so important. I mean, the agents have a ton of clients over their history, whether they've been selling for five years, 10 years. They have all these clients that might come to them when they're getting a divorce and they need a divorce appraisal. Or they might they might come to them and say, hey, do you have an appraiser? My father passed away. I have an estate appraisal to do on a house. Or hey, my client's taxes went up 30%. We need an appraiser to, to help grieve our taxes. Do you have anybody? And all of a sudden, because Coppolis has been hanging around them and talking to them and being a professional. And that's, that's the biggest thing, Jim. It's being a professional. I'm not a little lapdog for them where what they say I do. I've got 35 years experience. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly when someone's trying to pull the wool over my eyes. You know, I always talk about in our business, one of the biggest things that I feel that we have to be is like Columbo, uh, Peter Ford in Columbo and be a little bit of a detective. You know, I'll show up in my in my my sports jacket and I'll be walking out of the house and then I'll turn to them and I'll ask them a question just to see what kind of a response I get. Is it going to be a real answer? Is it going to be full of crap? Am I going to be able to trust this, this, this agent with me? So 
Over the years, I've figured out how to do that. And I am not concerned about a, a agent giving me bogus comps. I'm concerned about an agent giving me sales that will help me, an agent that's going to tell me about the sales, write notes on their listing sheets, telling me all about it, telling me something that I might not know. This, yeah. listing says, this listing says it's a cream puff. It was renovated 20 years ago, John. You know, take a closer look at the interior photos. I don't know if I would call it a cream puff. Or the basement says unfinished. This agent was afraid to, to state that the basement was finished. They thought there'd be issues. It really was finished. These are all things we're going to know about, right? Yeah, we need to yeah. know about it. We might not. They know a lot more about these houses than we do. And, and one of the things that strikes me, uh, John, is, you know, USPAP uses the word must, I think, a total of three times. And one of the things it says, an appraiser must collect, verify, and analyze all information necessary for credible assignment results. We must verify the information. And agents are a great source for verification. I've, I've built relationships with, with agents just by calling them on the phone and saying, hey, I know you sold this house over here. Can you tell me a little bit about the sale? Was it not related parties? You know, was there anything strange going on? And the number of times I've had those agents say, I've never had an appraiser call me to verify a sale. I'm just like, really? Um, just doing that alone is a good step in the right direction, building those relationships. And then, as you said, you come up with the opportunity to go speak at an agent's office and then word of mouth goes around you're a reasonable guy, you're sharing information, you're helping the agents understand the appraisal process and that we're not the enemy. We're literally here. Our job as real estate appraisers is nine times out of 10 to protect, not to protect, but to give the intended user an independent third party, you know, estimate of value so that they can make an underwriting decision. Um, that doesn't make us the enemy. It makes us part of the process. But the private work, like you said, mommy and daddy get a divorce and daddy wants to hire an appraiser and mommy wants to hire an appraiser. Well, that's work for two separate appraisers. And then if they get to court and disagree, the court's going to order a third appraisal to come in and, and you know review those two. That's work for a third appraiser. There's so much non-lender work out there available. And I think the process of going and talking to agents is, is really, it is, it, I'm going to say it like this, John, it, it may be the low hanging fruit, but ain't nobody going after it. And the ones that go after it, it's like, it's super easy to do. Introduce yourself to an agent. Um, tell them you'd be willing to speak to their team um, about the appraisal process. It's fantastic. Um, I'm going to do a real quick shout out to one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and wrap this up. Did you know that NAN hosts quarterly discussions with our appraisal panel on bias, inclusion, equity, and diversity initiatives that impact the appraisal industry? The topic of bias in the appraisal world will remain at the forefront of legislative, agency, and lender priorities well into the future. At NAN, we believe that intentional bias is only a very small fraction of the underlying issue and that outdated policies and regulations and unconscious bias are of far greater concern. It's our hope to work closely with the appraiser community as partners in an endeavor to improve processes and procedures and ensure equitable treatment for all valuations. Learn more by visiting nan-amc.com.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hal Humphreys. You're listening to the Appraisal Buzz. I've got John Kopolis on today. John, um, you know, you you talked in the last segment about going and talking to agents' offices, and and I, I probably prattled on a little bit too long about that, um, as Hal Humphreys's want to do. Um, but I think it's a fantastic way to meet new people and get that word of mouth business. Um, now you mentioned earlier about social media and how you're using social media in the process to get non-lender work. Talk to me a little bit about that. So Hal, uh, first of all, I want to apologize to you because I, uh, I was calling you Jim earlier. You, you had me looking at the camera instead of the screen. So I, I got your name mixed up with Jim. So my apologies to you. For totally that. fine. You can, you can call people call me a lot worse than that. <laughs> okay. So I appreciate the question. I think it's great. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. So uh, please bear with me. Uh, one of the reasons why I got into social media was because I saw what was happening with the agents and the responses I was getting from them in their offices and how much they didn't know about the appraisal process and how much I could help them get better at what they do by learning more about the appraisal process. I wasn't gonna be there to teach them the process. I was gonna be there to pull away the curtain and let them see what we do, how we do it, what, what we think about when we're doing it, and maybe that can make them better. And it certainly has. I've gotten so many agents over the years that have told me that they're thankful for what I do for them. So that's the first thing. The next thing that took me onto social media, and by the way, you see behind me, I've got a Facebook group that's close to reached over close to 10,000 people on my social media platforms. They're mostly real estate agents. There are some appraisers. Uh, there are a lot of loan reps and there are buyers and sellers on the Facebook group. It's called ask the appraiser. I've been doing it for two years and I started it for the agent specifically. And I'll tell you why we talk about other appraisers and I don't like to talk poorly about them. But when I heard this story on an inspection, it made me say, you know what, John, you got to do something about that. You got to go out there and start um, bridging the gap between the real estate agent and the appraiser. And you're going to do it one agent at a time. So that's what I started doing. I, 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 I built this uh, social media Facebook group. I'm on YouTube with tips from the appraiser. I've got Instagram tips from the appraiser. So I've got a lot of different things that I'm doing. Facebook is the most popular one. And the reason why I did it, listen to this story, man. You tell me if you tell me if you ever heard an appraiser talk like this. This young lady was showing me an apartment and I said, I'm almost finished with my inspection. I say, do you have any comparables for me? Because I like to do that. I like to talk it up. I, I think it's important for the agents to bring it. Not all of them bring packages. And she says to me, you know what? I've been doing this for two years and one of, I'm on one of my first appointments. I gave the appraiser comparable sales and they tore them up right in front of me. Yeah, exactly, Jim. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is not right. We got to build that bridge between the appraiser and the broker and I'm going to do it. Okay. And that's when I decided, you know what, go on social media, tell these agents, give them meat and potatoes. I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. You can tell that right away. And that's what I do. I don't give 17 minute videos about how to, how to look at comps and how to do this and how to, I'm not by the book, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a layman's meat and potatoes for you agents to figure out how you can help an appraiser. And when you help an appraiser, you're helping yourself 
and you're helping your client. It's so simple, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Hal. Agents have a fiduciary responsibility to get the best result financially for their client, whether they're a buyer's agent or seller's agent. We have a duty to our intended users to provide an independent third-party product. Those two directives could be seen as in conflict, but at the end of the day, it's really, it, it's a good thing to have that balance, that check and balance in there. And if agents can understand what it is we're doing, um, I think they they can go a long way to accepting us as part of the process. And if appraisers can understand that the agent's legal obligation is to get the best financial result for their client, um, then you can understand as an appraiser, oh, this person's bringing me information. I will consider it. I will appreciate it. I may not use it, but sure. I'm, an, I'm a vulture for information. I want as much as possible. You know, you said earlier, you like to think of it in terms of Columbo, you know, be a detective. I mean, I am a licensed private investigator as well as a real estate appraiser. Yeah. And I, I think I think the jobs are exactly, the, it's the same skill set. Um, so, you know, if I can get more information, I think that's better. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm tickled with that. And the social media, so tell me, what social media platforms do you use and which ones do you like the most? So Facebook is what I'm most successful at. Uh, I, I do that quite a bit. You know, we'll get a few questions a day and I'll, I'll, I try to answer every question, but there are some questions that I'm not uh, best fit to answer. You know, I'm not a VA appraiser. So when a VA question comes up, I'll let somebody, I'll let an appraiser who's a VA person chime in. And if the response is valid, it's posted and it, it, it makes sense to me. It'll make sense to the agents. They'll see it. And, uh, you know, it's not my, it's my page, it's my group, but I've got a bunch of appraisers from all over the country that can chime in. And we talk about having them chime in. And it's, it's really exciting when I know I can rely on an appraiser from California to give somebody, give an agent from California, by the way, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, countrywide my page. So I've got, I've got people talking, talking to me from, it's, it's, it's actually Canada and India and all over the place. So it's kind of wow. interesting, but yeah, wow. so it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting. People were wondering why the heck I was doing it, you know, cause I'm spending a lot of time on it. And you know, it was two years ago, right. When things were rocking and rolling for us is when yeah. I started. And, you know, my wife was like, you know, why are we doing this? And, and other professionals that I know, you know, are you getting paid for this? What's going on? And I saw the I saw the end line. I saw what I needed to do for a couple of years to get the word out there. And as you can see now, there's ten thousand people there, and it's growing every day. It just keeps on growing. It's not stopped. So it's it's going to get to twenty thousand in no time. And what I love about it is just helping the agents. And by helping them, they're going to want to help you. You know, I've got a yes, I've got an office here in New York. I've got an appraiser in Connecticut. I opened up a satellite office in Florida. So I mean, you know, we're getting we're getting private work from different different areas, which is great. Right. Now, right. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something else that I'm doing. We talked about social media. We were rocking and rolling last year, um, up until June or July or August. And right. 
I can't talk for everybody, but my business fell off the cliff. Okay. Come September and October, I was down 80% in business. Yeah. A lot of us were. Yeah. It, it was very scary and very tough. I had to figure out new things to do. So one thing I did, Jim, it was almost like a perfect storm. I said to myself, so the appraisers aren't getting any business because there's no more refinances and nobody's, the interest rates are so high. There are not too many buyers out there. There are not too many, there's not too many transactions going on. The real estate agents are dying also. You know, mm -hmm. they've got, they've got, they've got people that are interested in buying, but they have no sellers. They need listings. And how can I help agents get listings? And I got a phone call from a social media company that was looking to help me build my business. And they didn't realize that I was an appraiser. They thought I was a real estate agent. They were strictly talking to real estate agents to help build their business on social media, the do's and don'ts of social media. So what I said to them at the end of this call, and you know, I like the fact, I always tell people, I always tell people and appraisers, think outside the box, always think outside the box. And what I did was I didn't let them hang up. I said, you know what? You can't help me. I'm all set. You're not for the appraiser, you're for the agent. But what I can do for you because of my sphere of influences, I can get you into all these different offices so that you can help those agents get more listings and learn about social media. So I said to myself, all right, John, so if I'm going to get them into offices, what's going to be in it for me? What's going to be in it for me is I'm going to go in there with this social media company and I'm going to talk to the agents for 10 or 15 minutes about what I do and how I can be a new tool in their toolbox. And then I'm going to hand it off to the social media company. Social media company is going to talk to them and try to help them build their business. All of a sudden, I sent this out to a couple of managers at different offices. They all said it's a no brainer. It's a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. So Jim, over the past six months, I've gotten in front of, I don't know, 12 offices. I've gotten in front of 400 agents. You know, our biggest one was 75 agents in a conference, uh, in, in a hotel conference area. I mean, and all these people are learning about me and what I'm doing to try to help them. And then what I'm bringing to the table, trying to help them, right? It's a no brainer. I think it is. It's worked out yeah. very well for me. Uh, yeah. As I told you, over the past six months, my private business just keeps on growing, right? So that's fantastic. But what I don't understand is I'm not in competition with Hal, all right? I'm not in competition with Mark. I'm here to help appraisers also. And I go on to these other Facebook pages because my Facebook page is not for appraisers, it's for real estate agents. And I try to share this with the appraisers and I get ridiculed. Yeah. I don't, I don't talk to agents. I don't want to talk to agents. I can't talk to agents. Nobody, you know, I'm, you, you know, you're kind of like leading them, leading a horse to water. You can't make it drink. Right. So, you right. know, I, I didn't want to get that out. And, and I'm hoping appraisers see this. I hope they hear what I'm saying. And I hope they realize that they can take advantage just like I've been taking advantage. I love it. And here's I'm I'm going to I'm going to wrap up with a couple of observations. Number 1, you started the work when things were really good, which is a genius thing to think about because things are not always really good. The market goes up, the market goes down. It's just the way of markets, right? So when things are great, sometimes take a few minutes and work 
on the business and not in the business, which is what you did. I think that's great. The other thing I'm reminded of, a Zig Ziglar quote from way back in the day, a Zig Ziglar motivational speaker. Um, he used to say, you can have anything in the world you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And, you know, when I was a kid, my grandmother paid for me to go to these conferences where Zig Ziglar was speaking and stuff like that. And those things were kind of drilled into my head. But at the end of the day, you know, why are you doing this? You're spending so much time. It's a lot of work to build a social, social media presence. It's a lot of work to answer questions. But that work has dividends. That work pays off. It may not be immediate. It may take six months. But for the appraisers out there that want to expand their business, a couple things I think are takeaways. Number one, you are allowed to talk to real estate agents. There's no prohibition for you to talk to real estate agents in USPAP or anywhere else. Um, there's nothing at all wrong with talking to agents. Um, if you can get information that you can use from those agents, why would you not do that? Um, if you can share information with them and help them out, why would you not do that? Remember, agents have their finger on the pulse kind of across the industry. Um, you know, I've got a friend here in Nashville named Barbara. She's been selling houses for ages. Like she's been doing it for 20, 30 years now. Um, she knows everybody in the business. And she oftentimes calls me to say, Hey, I've got this property. It's kind of weird. Would you mind looking at it? Like that's good work for me. Um, so John, I would say, you know, number one, thank you for being willing to come on and share your story. Um, and thank you for the advice to appraisers that would like to do something other than, uh, lender work. Here's the thing. I, I hear so many appraisers frustrated angry and just mad at appraiser management, appraisal management companies, mad at banks. Um, that you, that's not all the work there is out there to do. Right. So, um, John Capullos, thank you so much for being on here. Jim Morrison's back in Jim. Do we by chance have anonymous appraiser question today? We do have an anonymous appraiser and who better to ask than ask the appraiser, uh, <laughs> John, so what we do is we have a, a section on every podcast where we have allow people to send in anonymous questions and we'll ask our experts. So this one says, I'm doing research on becoming an appraiser and I came across your podcast. What pros and cons are there for appraisers in this profession? And what would you tell someone who's looking to make the leap into becoming licensed? John? You know, Hal, uh, I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, I get that question and uh, I don't have a very positive response for the people. Um, I What I do is I try to tell them how I think they can break in. I don't, you know, I don't want to tell them whether it's something they should do or whether it's something they, sh they shouldn't. Okay. So what I've decided to do is tell them how I think they should break in and how I think they should break in is to, through technology, helping dinosaurs like myself learn about uh, Cubicasa, tablet appraising, all that kind of the different softwares out there that, that derive adjustments. I don't have the time. I'm almost 60 years old. I don't have the mentality to figure out how to do Cubicasa. Something as simple as that is scares me. So I'm scared of certain things. If a young rookie came to me and said, hey, John, can you give me six months or can you give me three months of training? I'm going to say, you know what, listen, I don't really have the time, but if you can give me something, 
I will return the favor and I'll help you out. Can you teach me how to do whatever it is? These, these things that we're talking about, you know, I'm still with my pad and my pen outside, you know, I'm just using my phone to take pictures. So how that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm telling people. I'd love to hear what your response is to. Uh, <clears throat> so my response to the question is um, pros and cons for appraisers in this profession. Here's the thing. I, I, I love this business. I've been doing it my entire life. My father was an appraiser. I grew up holding the dumb end of the tape for my dad. That is certainly the easiest way to get into this business. Um, if you don't have a family member who is an appraiser and you're interested in this business, what I would say is look around at the different options that are available for you today. Number one, if you're a real estate agent, I know a lot of agents have approached me about, you know, Hey, could I become a real estate appraiser? I'm like, sure you could. I don't know if you want to, but it's, it's, it's a fun job. Pros right. and cons are this, look, real estate appraisers by and large can set their own schedule. If I want to take a month off and go to Spain and take a hike, I can arrange my workload to do that. Um, I get to go out and measure houses and see all the crazy things people do with their homes. Um, you know, I've seen dungeons in rooms. I've seen, you know, fish tanks built into the walls. I've seen, you know, all manner of crazy decks and tree houses and stuff like that. That's fun for me. So that's a pro. Cons are, you know, you've got to have a hard driving work ethic to do this work. Most appraisers work by themselves and they kind of work in a vacuum. So you've got to have the ethic to get up and hit the pavement and go do the work. Um, the other thing is, you know, right now you've got to go out and, and find the clients. They're not, we're not drinking from a fire hose anymore. Um, so, you know, you've got to go out and market yourself and, and gather up the clients, but getting into the business, there is the appraisal Institute and Fannie Mae have, uh, been working on this, this, uh, program called the appraiser diversity initiative, um, that is introducing the appraisal profession to a broad spectrum of human beings across the country. Um, if you're interested in the appraisal profession, I would recommend you check that out. The Appraiser Diversity Initiative. Um, reach out to them. You could also reach out to the National Association of Appraisers. Um, the NAA has a trainee uh, program. We at Appraisery Learning are working with them on a trainee development program that has some education opportunities. Um, and you know, going back to what John said, if you want to break into the business, if you want to get into this business, um, come to the table with something of value. Much in the same way John is going to real estate agents with something of value, not only here's what we do as appraisers, but here's what we do as appraisers. And I found this guy that does social media you know, coaching. He's going to help you out too. Bring something to the table that will help the appraiser. Um, if you've got a Luddite like John, who's still going out with paper and pencil or a Luddite like me, who's still, you know, who likes paper and pencil, um, teach them how to use a tablet for the inspections, teach them how to use, um, win total for drawing the sketch on their phone or iPad, or teach them how to use Cuba Casa or one of the other, um, scanning apps. Um, if you come to the table 
with the attitude of the 12 year old helping granddad work the VCR, um, you might be able to get a foot in the door. So that's my take on the whole thing. Um, Jim Morrison, do we have anything else we need to cover today? No, not at all. You know, I think this is a great episode. There's a lot of information out there and hopefully oh, some appraisers <laughs> and people who are looking to get in the industry will heed your advice. John, before what else you got? Before you guys get off, I don't know if you're, you know, if you're uh, on a time constraint, but I do have a couple of other quick things that I wanted to ask Hal and Jim because, you know, we're trying to figure out how I can, you know, uh, pivot a little bit through this uh, trying time in the appraisal world. And what I'm looking to do is because of my social media sphere is growing, looking to get sponsorship. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering uh, where you think I should be looking and how I how you think I should be approaching. I, um, I'm very grassroots um, and I have put feelers out and I've gotten some really good responses as far as sponsoring my social media platforms. I was wondering if um, either here on the video or off the video, I could uh, talk with you guys about where you get your sponsors, who do you think, what kind of sponsors I should go after, that type of thing. Well, I, I will say this, and I'll do it on the video. I think it's, it's fine to do it uh, in the podcast because, I mean, here's the thing. We're here, the reason we do this podcast is to, to much in the same way you approach the business is to give back and, and share stuff that is useful. Um, so we approach sponsors who are looking to have an impact on the audience that we're serving. So we serve appraisers, um, chief appraisers, um, trying to think of how to, how to describe what buzz does. We, 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 we try to approach it from the attitude of our, this is information that boots on the ground appraisers can use. But it's also information that executives and corporations that deal with appraisers can use. Um, so the sponsors we look for are trying to have an impact on that audience. Um, what I would say to you is, you know, your prime, your your Facebook page is facing forward to real estate agents. So my advice would be um, look for sponsors that are providing tools that agents can use much similar to the social media um, coaching service that approached you, you then took them and introduced them to agents. That would be a natural sponsor for a social media page. Um, so any tools that agents could use um, to, to, you know, further their career, do stuff like that's what I would look towards. Jim, do you have any other advice on that? Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of times when we're thinking about like who to reach out to, it's, Think about in your own day what services you use. You know your E and O insurance, your software that you use. Think about all those things that you touch, and then think about those companies and how other appraisers would want to hear from them, and you know why you use them, and or why you may use a competitor. Right, and and the the last thing I would say about it, John, is we are crazy. Um, sensitive to the notion of if we're going to have someone sponsor us, we want to have some belief in what it is they're doing. Um, we don't just let anybody throw money at us to sponsor. If we're, if, for instance, on this podcast, we have the appraisal Institute as a sponsor and we have, um, LIA insurance company, um, sponsoring this podcast. And those are both organizations and, and companies that, 
we think bring value to the real estate appraisers and to the right. real estate appraisal space. Um, so I would think of it in terms of, you know, what services do you deal with as an appraiser that would be helpful for agents? And then, you know, do you believe in the product? Right. That's, that's no doubt. You know, I would definitely vet them and I would definitely have to feel very comfortable talking about them because that's what I would be doing. I'd be talking about them right. on my post and this and that. So right. very cool. Do you think it's something that um, I don't know where you're at as far as your exposure, but uh, I don't know if 10,000 members is enough to have a sponsor excited enough to take a look at sponsoring. I don't know the answer to the question. Jim? I think that that's a great number, but you know, each sponsor has their own level for what they're interested in. So that's a question you've got to have with them. Of course, of course. Yep. Good. Well, John, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. I've certainly enjoyed the conversation um, and I wish you the absolute best of luck in um, what you're doing with the social media stuff and do not hesitate to reach out to us if there's anything we can do to help. Uh, that's great. I really enjoyed it. And I hope, uh, hopefully you enjoyed talking with me. Definitely did. All right. Take it easy. Anything else, Jim? That's it. For Jim Morrison, John Kapoulos, I'm Hal Humphreys. You've been listening to the Buzzcast. Mm-hmm.